We're in a battle for America's soul. Liberty is at risk. It's time to speak up. Welcome to Brooke Talks America with author, publisher, conservative advisor, and patriot. Brooke says, for years, Brooke's been behind the scenes, helping conservative leaders articulate a vision for a better America. Now, she's front and center, and the mic is hot. Here is your host, Brooke says. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America, where we discuss politics and culture from a conservative perspective. I'm your host, Brooke says, conservative patriot, Proud, deplorable, and columnist, which you can read on AmericaOutloud.com and also on my website, which is BrookTalksAmerica.com, and also talk radio host, as you can see. I am here with my co host, Colonel Jim Warshuk, who is the former Deputy Director of for Intelligence at U.S. Central Command. He served on the White House National Security Council and is also currently the Hillsborough County, Florida GOP Chairman. So from hot topics to history, you can be sure if it's happening in America, I will be talking about it. Uh, we have as our book of the week, you know, reading is fun and fundamental. The, this is dedicated to all the Democrat politicians who are acting like little dictators. And if you're a Republican doing the same, I'm calling you out as well, although I haven't heard any uh, of those. The book of the week is basically any book on the French Revolution. Just read it. If you haven't read it in a while, read it again. If you want to look on Wikipedia because you don't want to read the book, fine. I just want you to think about what happened to the rulers of France when their people had enough. And I'm going to leave it at that. You probably get the message. Uh, My article this week is Want to fix America? Stop electing politicians. We're in this mess because instead of electing rational, sane business people to run the country, uh, states and counties, we are electing people like lawyers, academics, bureaucrats, and career politicians. Let's start electing more business people, okay, who know what it's like to pay for things with the money that they earn rather than the money that you earn. Okay, and uh, as a reminder, as I mentioned last week, for the month of May, I'll be featuring two small businesses, one restaurant, one other business, um, and giving you free promotion to help you out and to do my part to support if you got hurt by the shutdown. This week is Latin Grill in Brandon, Florida on Bloomingdale and John Moore. They're always really nice. The food is good. And most importantly, probably for me, is that they make my Cuban coffee because I could not function without it. Uh, anyways, make sure you tell them that I told you on and that you heard about it on the show. The other is Mission Barbecue on 60 in Brandon. Tell manager Sean that you heard about it on the show. As you know, I love the military, and they do such great for them, and the food is great. Uh, Yesterday was VE Day. This next week is Armed Forces Day, uh, starting on May 11th. So you can go there, and they're giving free food for active duty military and veterans. So always keep our military in your prayers, and, um, you know, go there for that. For the weeks remaining, remember, we're offering two small businesses, one restaurant, one small businesses. You will get free promotion on my show. I just ask that you promote my show to your customers on your social media sites. Deal? Uh, Email me at brooktalksamerica at gmail.com or DM me on Twitter. And this week I have a very special guest on the show, um, Jameel Shaw Jr., who I've been following for a while. I think it was ever since I uh, knew that President Trump would be having him at the State of a Union address, which he did in uh, January 2017. Not only was Jameel's 
son, Jamil Shaw Jr., whom they call Jazz, and I hope I have that pronounced right, but he will tell me in a minute. If I don't, not only was his son murdered by an illegal alien here from Mexico, but he was murdered specifically because he was black. Uh, and if that wasn't horrible enough, he was murdered while his mother, Anita, was serving her second tour in Iraq. So this is this was it really just crushed my heart, uh, you know, and, and I have been following him ever since. You know, illegal immigration has always been one of the main reasons this case absolutely crushed and infuriated me. So when I heard that the Cal California governor, who I call Ga Gavin Nuisance, wanted to give illegal aliens money <laughs> from the coronavirus recovery package when we have, you know, how many millions of out of work, I instantly contacted Jamil, uh, who I follow on Twitter, um, to ask him to be on the show. So I want to welcome Jamil for uh, coming on, but I, I want to, uh, if you could, to give a little background from the conversation we had about the specific circumstances on why your son was murdered by this particular guy, uh, how your ex-wife came to hear about it, and then what the response was from local officials, many whom I assume are Democrat in that area, after they found out that it was by an illegal alien. Um, also, um, and so I'll get into some other points in a, in a minute, so I want to welcome Jamil to the show. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell me, yeah, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, basically, you're right to the point. Yeah, he was murdered by a legal alien that already had three previous gun charges. He was in the county jail um, um, on March. He was in, in, when he killed my son, he had just been released from the county jail. He was in jail for assault with a deadly weapon using a firearm battery on a peace officer and resisting arrest. And they gave him eight months in the county jail, so I'm sure that was a plea bargain. Your third gun charge in, you know, eight months. And then they released him four months early for whatever reason, who knows, on a Saturday night, on Sunday, he had murdered my son. He was in the neighborhood and he was looking for someone black to kill. And so it happened he was visiting my neighbor on the way to my neighbor's house. He saw my son. Uh, walking down the street, walked right over there to him, three doors from my house. I just talked to him on the phone. Hey, man, where are you? Right around the corner, be in a minute. And then we're getting ready, him and his little brother, because he had a track meet. We were going to get some track spikes. And all of a sudden, I heard the two gunshots. Woo! I remember going, woo, man, that was close. I never heard a gun shot. I thought I'm in a gun range. And I went outside to what a couple's phone, didn't answer, went outside. He was laying in the street dead. Even though I say it right now, it's just like it's not real, you know, and bizarre. It's just dead. I couldn't, couldn't believe it. Laying in the street with his, with his eyes closed like he was asleep. Cell phone, filling his hand. Didn't even let go of the cell phone. Was shot in the stomach. Shot him in the stomach with a, a 45 point blank and then shot him in his, in his, um, in his face. Shot him in the head and, murdered him right there in the street and while his mother was in Iraq. His mother called me, you know, his mother called me from Iraq and she was like, she didn't believe it, you know, because usually when you're in the military, you have somebody in the military overseas, the last thing you want is a military knocking on your door. Everybody's like, we don't want to see nobody in uniform come in here until she gets back, right? And so you can you just imagine that on the flip side, she's in Iraq and they call her into the office. She's telling me later on that 
she's wondering what's going on. You know, nobody gets called into the commander's office. She sees a chaplain in there, and they took her guns and everything away and everything, and telling her, your son is in the United States in the streets murdered. Now, nobody knew it was a legal alien. That's when the politicians, every politician in L.A. was at my house. The whole neighborhood was just completely, you know, I mean, it was just the biggest thing around here, you know, because the boy was doing good. She was getting recruited from Stanford, Rutgers. All he had to do was stay alive. He had punched his ticket back when he was five years old, just being born with the ability. I just honed it up. I just knew from the beginning that, uh-oh, we got us one here, so we went to work on it, and we had it, you know, three, three times MVP, player of the year. Yeah. You know, all he had to do was just stay alive. You know, his mother calls me and says, they're telling me in Iraq that Jazz is dead. And I, I sure I want to say so bad that you were wrong. No, who told you that? You're wrong. She's like, what happened? At that time, I didn't even, I couldn't even believe this was happening. It's like, this is, this is crazy. Politicians come over and, oh, they're, you know, trying to get me to go the liberal direction. Even at the time, I didn't know it. You know, the mayor, city council, board of supervisors, everybody, because they knew, uh oh, this is going to be bad because this boy said. So, so they came to they came to talk to you and were all over it because he was killed by an illegal alien. They knew that we didn't know, wow. but they knew it was a Mexican. They knew it was black and Mexican, and this guy was heavy to the gang. I mean, he was out of control, three gun charges. We didn't know none of that. We just knew right. the boy is dead and what the hell is going on. And as time is going on, because I'm aggressive trying to find out, and as time went on, yeah, sure enough, they all knew. They all knew, and of course, I, I turned conservative because when I found all that out, I want something done, and everybody who I thought was supposed to be in my corner came to my house and bringing food and acting like they're just, you know, they want to get me to go against gun violence, and can you talk about guns? I ain't got no problem with the gun. This illegal alien carrying a gun. You know, what are we going to do about that? I want the gangs deported. I want all this, and then he gets all disappeared, the mayor, everybody. So you start labeling me, you're a racist. A racist? Wow. I'm a racist. My son is dead. His mother in Iraq serving the country on a second tour, you know, and it's hard. Nobody cared. They spent real quickly doing their trial. They spent two whole days on a side trial just so they can keep it from wearing her uniform. Two days they went wow. to work to keep her from wearing uniform. But, we, but they lost. So even the judge was like, wait a minute, you know, we don't want the uniform because that's going to prejudice the jury and made it seem like the uniform was the Satan's, um, Satan's uniform or something. Wait a minute, this is the U.S. Army. She's a sergeant right. in the Army, retired. She went through the whole process forever, seemed like, you know, and then when she gets out of it, never mind. My son lived in the street dead. No black politicians. We had three black politicians. We thought for sure and they were going to help me. Now I call them three amigos. They're all gone now. None of them. Wow. They me of being used by the white man. One of them said I'm used by the white man. He was the police chief of L.A., city councilman. He, I thought for sure he would help me because his granddaughter was shot to death at a, a, at a drive-thru restaurant in a car, shot in the face, killed her. I'm like, the police chief's granddaughter? Oh, we're going to clean this city up. He didn't do nothing. I can't believe it. Anyway, I went to him. You're being used by the white man. Man, can I just be pissed off that my son is dead? What the white man got to do with it? He was killed by a Mexican, illegal in the country. And, you know, here my son, your mother's mother in Iraq, and you won't do nothing because you're scared of what, the, what the, the Latino population might do if you support black people? 
The other black lady said, I act like I have some kind of exclusivity on murder. Like, see, I dare him come in here and get mad his son is dead. He ain't the only one. Like, it's no big deal. Then the other politician told me that I was up a hornet's nest. What did I do? My son in the street slaughtered like a dog. I'm pissed off about it. His mother in Iraq, and you're mad at me because I want to let it go away and just sit in church and give it to Jesus. I'm like, I want something done now, you know? So then they just had to change the story, just abandon it. None of the black newspapers wouldn't even put in the paper. Nothing we were doing. They didn't even put in the paper that, now here we got a guy in the community, mother in Iraq. They even met the president of the United States. Never even put in the paper, but they put his funeral in the casket on the front page, the newspaper of a seven day newspaper. So for seven days, I had to look at my son's picture in the casket on the front page of the new black newspaper, but they wouldn't put it in there that I'm fighting for justice. His mother was in Iraq. They didn't met the president. They're in Congress. They're the board, the, you know, the State of the Union address. They've been in hearings. None of that's in the paper. Oh, but we yeah. the boy in the casket with the open casket with a high definition zoom in. They were like in the casket with him. Seven days. So yeah. everybody calling me. It's ridiculous. We got nothing out of it except for what Trump gave us. That was the only thing that that was the best thing in the world when that happened when he called and just to talk to him one on one and he asked me I remember when I he asked me what happened and I was telling him and the reaction that and was the wait, most wait, just thing. before you start on that, tell him how they found out because you were actually people started calling you because of what or they knew about uh because of they had seen you Bill O'Reilly on Fox News talking about it. Right, yeah. yeah. I, I had no... Yes, at, at that time, I was so liberal that I never even heard of Fox News until someone called me and said, hey, some guy named Bill O'Reilly. Nobody knew who Fox News was in a black neighborhood, pretty much. And this guy called me and said, hey, man, some guy named Bill O'Reilly just did a segment um, talking about your son to Hillary Clinton. We're like, what? Yeah, they were going to repeat it at 8 o'clock. So, of course, everybody is on it. Everybody's watching... This Bill O'Reilly guy, I never even heard of the guy. We were watching him sitting one-on-one with Hillary Clinton, knees to knees. He answers her, yeah, there's a kid in L.A. who was shot dead by an illegal alien. And I remember, I never heard that expression, shot dead. That was the first time. And it never, oh, it just, it's just so final. I just never heard it. And he asked Hillary, what are you going to do about that? You know, this boy is, you know... What are you going to do? She oh, jumped the subject and went on something else. And because of that, everybody heard about it because I didn't know that I was number one in the country. Fox News, number one news station, you know, and everybody remember Bill Cosby called, Tom Bro called, everybody, George wow. Bush. I got a, I'm looking at a picture of, of George Bush's letter right now. I'm looking right at it. It's in the frame. Him and his wife sent me a condolence letter. I'm from the president of the United States. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> You know, at the same time, Barack Obama was running against Hillary, you know, was running against Hillary. And so, you know, he was watching that show, Bill O'Reilly, number yeah. one in the country, and Hillary, and Obama them didn't say nothing. Wow. Obama, Obama, so, you know they saw that So he never story. reached out to you? Never. Never wow. said nothing. I kept many times thinking, no black people around here, the liberals. Everybody was like, I I have been blackballed pretty much. Everybody tried to use me and 
during the beginning. And when for the, gun, for the gun to, safety stuff, right? Gun safety, the white yeah. man is the problem, yeah. and the gangs is the problem. Nothing about illegal aliens. I used to speak all over the city, and then they would always ask me, hey, when you speak, can you mind not talking about Jamil's law? Because Jamil's law was, if you gangbanging, you leaving the country. That's automatic deportation. We got enough trouble with the gangs here. You're going to import gangs, put them in our community, kill our yeah. kids in the streets, and then you want me to say, can you imagine... I saw my son laying there. I looked at his face and said, man, I told you. You know what's so weird about it? The day before, Saturday night, he asked me, can he go to a party in the neighborhood? I said, man, you must be crazy. You know, I said, you know why, right? He said, I know, I know. Oh, you, oh, you think I'm going to get shot? You started laughing like, man, dad, you be tripping. He playing video games, laughing, thinking I'm tripping. Very next day, very next day, I looked at his wow. face and said, man, Told you, these people are crazy out here. He laying in the street dead. I'm sitting there, oh, bullet hole in his head. I didn't know what it was. Brains, I never seen brains before, ever. But I knew yeah. that's what I was looking at. I knew that was brains and bones coming out of his body like that, all his blood in the street. That's, nobody wants to see that. And then when you do see that and you try to get justice and you say, wait a minute, how are we the problem? His right. mother is fighting for your, your his mother is fighting so illegals can walk around here, and then you want to give her credit. You're trying to fight from her wearing her uniform. You're so intimidated that her uniform is going to do what? Make people care. See, they don't want nobody to care. That's why right. they want to tell my story in the neighborhood. Because how can you not hear that story and not care? What are you going to say? Oh, we don't care about that. When people come against me and say, man, you're being used, you're a racist. I say, hey, this is what I want you to do. Picture somebody you love. Ooh, you love them more than anything in the world. And picture them having the same thing done to them that was done to my son. But and the, and the thing, you know, the thing is, is that it's the, the the person wasn't even supposed to be here. So it's it's an atrocity in and of itself. But when you have someone who's not supposed to be here, and then a political party, you know, I wanted I wanted you to get into um, how you ended up supporting Trump in a minute because I thought that was, you know, he specifically ran on that issue about illegal immigration, and he was sending a message when he had you up there, and you know when he had um, Nisa Mickett and Kayla Cuevas' parents also, you know. The black Americans are getting killed, too, and nobody, the Democrat Party doesn't care. Like, nobody is giving you a voice. It's not just, you know what I mean? It's like, it's not a racial, it shouldn't be a racial issue. It should be an American issue. But you don't get a voice. You're never going to get on CNN. You did, did, did CNN or MSNBC or anyone call you to be on their show? MSNBC never. CNN finally, after I called them fake news to the point where they had to respond. And oh, they have a, yeah. Well, because yeah, you had a platform by then, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah we were deep. already president, and we were still fake news, fake news. And they said, wait a minute, <laughs> we got to calm him down. So they yeah. gave me a came by and a big little thing just so I could call them fake news because they're right down from my house. Fake CNN. I could walk to CNN. I could yeah. see the CNN sites from here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but yeah, Trump. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, Trump reached out. He he probably heard or saw or saw me speaking at Congress or in the House when I was coming down there, and they called me and they wanted to meet. And when we met, it was just a basically put me me and him one on one. 
Of course, everybody who thought they would, they should be involved just invited themselves. I was so upset because the way it went down, we were at the Beverly Hills Hotel, and I'm just supposed to be me and him. We're going to talk about some things. I opened up the door, and everybody was like a big party. I'm like, yeah. what are these people doing in here? So, of course, I'm just, you know, I'm pretty low-key. So I just was just sitting there, and everybody was just running, trying to get his uh, his ear, and he asked me about my son. You know, and uh, of course, I get a word in there as well. I just had a few. So I'm disappointed. We're standing down to the, at the door waiting, waiting for our car. We were already said, you know what? This didn't work out good. So we're upset because even Trump knew this is not going to work. Let's go to the press conference because the one on one was ruined because everybody just invited themselves. And yeah. so we were disappointed sitting at the front door waiting for our car. So how did it end up? We're, we're we're running a little short on time. How did it end up to where you got with the where he invited you to the State of the Union? He was already in California or something. Uh, no, you no. Know, the, at the State of the Union, like I said, when he uh, was running for, we were doing speeches with him and stuff like that. And and the State of the Union, if he just he invited me to come to the State of the Union and okay. tell the story, he just. You know, it just really touched me. Like I said, when I told him what happened, we were on his plane headed to Las Vegas. Oh, and, uh, okay, yeah. And he said, man, I never. And the way he touched himself, it like, oh, he was like, oh, I can't. You could can just see that uh, he had pictured somebody in his life. And yeah. it, it hurts. When you picture somebody like that happening to you, he, he just, oh, uh, he was like, oh, no more. Like, I'm about to pass out. I can just tell that was real. That I never see. You know, I can always tell when people hear my story. If they just want to talk, or they really feeling it, and that was the most felt I ever seen from a man since I told my story. And he, the way he hold his chest was like, oh man, I can tell his body was going through that procedure that I know about. You know, the breathing yeah. and just he, he he was picturing somebody in his family dead like that, and it was like, oh. And he didn't even like that. He was like, no. He said, you know what? Your son's life would never go in vain. So you were the first. He was the first. And yeah. that, from that point on, he traveled everywhere he went. Yeah, of course, everybody was jealous. You know, it was the, that's why it's out of control now. If you notice, nothing is happening with immigration when it comes to the victims anymore because the jealousy and the infighting of everybody trying, oh, Trump, Trump, crabs in the barrel mentality. And it just got out of control to where it just spun out of control. That's why it's really nothing going on there. The border is still happening. The wall, we know what's going on. But you see no camaraderie of the families no more. Yeah. Well, he's he. I know that he's working on it. The Democrats want to keep him from building the wall. But even during this pandemic, he's still building the wall. But, you know, I just was like, I, I he gave a voice where and forced it upon the American people. He by having you at the State of the Union and, and the uh, the people that he had the next year, it was very important because he forces the country to pay attention to people that the Democrats and the media really want to push aside because they have an agenda. You know? So it's very important that this issue not go away. And even though obviously there there are a gazillion other things happening in the country, this is something that he does talk about you know, he'll regularly talk about, you know, the border, we're still working on the border and illegal immigration and stuff like that, because he knows how important it is. America first means American citizens first, you know, and he, he did, you know, he did say the thing, you know, but he, uh, no other Republican has been aggressively talking to the black community in this way ever, 
much less, no. you know, and now. And so him coming out thing. like, you know, what the hell do you have to lose? And talking about this is very was very important and i think that you know he set a precedent and it's very you know it was very good that uh that he had you there and um you know we're we are running out of time i just want to thank you so much jimmy it was great talk with you last night and having you on the show and i want people to be thinking about this america first means americans first you Every American is part of that family. And, you know, I just want to thank you for being on the show. I wish you God bless. Tell your wife, you know, we're praying for her and everybody. And um, thank you so much for being on the show, Jamil. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having us. And I just want to remember, uh, too, that we have a book out. It's called Shattered Plans, Still a Future of Hope, if anybody wants to read about the story. Okay, send me the link and I'll put it up on the Facebook page. Email okay, me the, or text good. me the link. Thank you. Okay. All right. Thank you. Take care, Jamil. God bless you. More Brook Talks America coming up. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America with Brooke Says. Connect by email, brooktalksamerica at gmail.com. Here's Brooke Says. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, here with Colonel Jim Warshuk. Um, you are listening to us on AM860, The Answer. And if you are listening in, uh, if you miss this show, you can also listen Sunday at 11 a.m. on AM 9:30, the answer. But the regular show is Saturdays at 7 p.m. on AM 8:60, the answer. So multiple options. Um, as you probably know, the Texas salon opener who reopened her salon after the you know several weeks of a shutdown ended up going to jail because her arrogant judge she would not apo- called her selfish and she refused to apologize. That has gotten a lot of national news. She ended up being let out of jail because the governor, the lieutenant governor, and the uh, SCOTUS of Texas got involved. She uh, she ended up getting a GoFundMe page and it was helped, you know, uh, hopefully she'll use that money to help other people. But there's another case that's not, that's happening that's not getting so much attention. So I want to give it some attention. Uh, there is a, in, in Minnesota, there was a barber, you know, the Democrat governor shut down, did a shelter in place from March 25th and extended it twice. Now is extending it through May 18th. So there was a gentleman named Mylon Denny. This is a really good point here because Mylon Denny, the owner of King Mylon's Barbershop in St. Paul, said he initially complied with the governor's corona lockdown order and temporarily closed his business. However, the twice extended shutdown left Denny starving, so he attempted to reopen his business. Uh, that, you know, he was having a hard time and he just said, I've got to open. And he did a lot of, sani- you know, san- took a lot of sanitary measures and everything, wiping everything down using sanitizers and sprays. But he made a really good point here. You know, and I'm going to put the video up on my uh, Facebook page. It says, I'm not trying to be disrespectful in any way of to his rules or laws, but it's unfair. I'm a business owner who is required by the state to go to school and learn safety protocols. But someone who owns a liquor store who is not trained can have a group of people in there all day and be called an essential business. It's not fair. I can see myself. I can't see myself following a just and unjust law, which is not a law to me. And we are starving and it's not fair. That is an incredible point. Okay, we've been making it a lot, which is what's essential and what's not essential. Liquor stores are essential. Okay, all of the people 
you know, how many Mylan Dennis's and Shelley Luther's are out there, okay? The bills still have to be paid. Their mortgages still have to be paid. Their mouths, you know, to be fed, okay? They don't, their mortgage company doesn't say, okay, well, you don't have to pay your mortgage or the rent or whatever. These all have to be paid, okay? Just want to make every, you know, let everybody remember during this time, Republicans have tried to offer maximum freedom, even among the shutdowns, whereas the Democrats who have tasted their little power, right, including here in Hillsborough County, have just been trying to impose maximum control. You can look at Pelosi's mini-me, Whitmau in Michigan, who just extended hers, you know, the government of Virginia, all of these little dictators who are extending their shutdown, okay? Uh, just remember that in November. Um and Cuomo actually has said that he's going to tax out-of-state healthcare workers. Can you believe that? He's going to tax them for coming to help. It's really, this guy has no shame. I don't even know how, he got his job because of nepotism. You know, Samaritan's Purse got a notice that they were going to be charged. They're a nonprofit. They went to set up beds in Central Park. You know, the, again, I, I say this till it's redundant, but it just, I hope people are paying attention, okay? He'll probably get, you know, Remember, he, he, you know, forced the nursing homes in New York to take all of the, um, the people that had coronavirus and now has like 5,000 elderly deaths from the nursing home on his hands. It makes you wonder, the people that hate the politicians and complain about the system want to make it bigger and want to give these people more powerful. It's insane. Okay. Uh, you know, and in the good for thee and not for me category of Democrat politician hypocrisy. And yes, I know I'm being redundant. Illinois uh, Democrat Governor Pritzker forced Republicans, uh, residents, excuse me, no Republicans there, unfortunately, into endless doc lockdown and then is caught flying his wife and kids to Florida. And California, I'm going to call them all out by name, California Democrat Rep Harley Ruda, who backed nuisances, public beach closures, was spotted on a private beach in Orange County. You see a pattern here, folks? <laughs> Pay attention. These are the people that are that want to lead your lives and and tell you how to do everything. Uh, and in a in a stunning um, bit of news, the woman who remember that woman who blamed Trump and said that her husband drank fish tank cleaner because of the hydroxychloroquine that Trump was talking about. She is now under investigation for murdering her husband. Okay, so she probably murdered her husband with the fish tank cleaner and then wants to blame it on Trump. And by the way, huge Democrat donor, the uh, Washington Free Beaker, Free Beacon talked about this. She'll probably get a Nobel Prize, too. It's unbelievable. Um, and in absolutely stunning news, again, I hope that voters, Democrat voters are paying attention. Democrat, Demo uh, Detroit Democrats unanimously passed a resolution to censure Democrat lawmaker uh, Karen Whitsett from Detroit, right? So here's a woman, and the reason why exclusively is because she talked to Trump, okay? Here's a woman, a black woman, who is the Democrats' most loyal constituency, who simply thanks Trump for saving her life because she, her doctor has said she probably would have died had she not been able to get that treatment. Okay. So she lives and thanks the president of the United States because he basically saved her life by allowing it and they censure her. This is really unbelievable. Um, again, she's, she's amazing. She went to go meet with him and they censured her. 
Pay attention, folks. They don't care about you. We talked to Jamil. They didn't care about him. They don't care about you. Um, good news. Some good news, you know, and there is some to be found here and there. Donations to Ilhan Omar, that gem from Minnesota. Uh, his, her GOP challenger, Lacey Johnson, surge after Trump endorses him. How awesome is that, right? And, you know, he's black, too, so she can't pull the race card. Uh, she'll try, of course, in some kind of way. You know, as you heard, they did it to Jamil, which is stunning. Um, we just need viable candidates to run against the other insane members of the socialist squad. In other good news, Ohio University lays off gender and race studies professor. It's called the Pandemic Peace Plan because you know they'll have more peace if they have less of these grievance agitators to listen to. <laughs> Just kidding. Come on now. It's funny. Uh, and this week on fake news, DN DNC, CNN, Don Lemon blasted Trump. I don't know if you watch. If you haven't watched it, you have to watch it. It's really priceless. Uh, he says, what is it about President Obama that really gets under your skin? He says, among other things, asking if uh, it was because and I quote, because your wife is more accomplished because his wife is more accomplished, better looking. Now, listen. Whether or not being a lawyer, as Michelle was, uh, is more accomplished than an international supermodel is one thing, but seriously, better looking? Come on now. Uh, if you haven't heard D Henry Davis's infectious laugh, he has something to say. Listen to his uh, clip on that. <laughs> <laughs> not so much don not so much okay so speaking of democrats uh and their presidential their current presidential campaign you know we'll see if it's actually the case he He's, he's coming under increasing fire from his own side for the Tara Reid allegations, so the heat is on him. Um, we'll see what happens with that, because not exactly sure that he's going to be the candidate because they're going after him. Uh, you saw the interview with Mika Brzezinski, then he has a new one with Martha Radish, that's what I call her, where she was hammering at Tom Perez. You should watch that interview. Um, but I want to play this really quick clip on the Democrats and their hypocrisy on the presumption of innocence as it came to Kavanaugh versus Biden. So listen to this. People keep talking about presumption of innocence. That is a, a term one uses in a criminal proceeding. It is a job interview. It's not a criminal trial. It's more like a job interview. This isn't a criminal trial. This is a job interview for the highest court in the land. This is about whether he has the privilege the privilege to serve on the highest court of the land. This is not a court of law. This is a job interview. It's a job interview for Judge Kavanaugh. Is he the best we can do? It's not about a condemnation or a criminal trial uh, about Kavanaugh's guilt or innocence. Uh, this is a job interview. Well, it's a job interview, uh, Harris. It's, it's not a court of law. Supreme Court hearing is not a trial. It's a job interview. Mm -hmm. It's a job interview. And you don't have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt anything. And yes, you are not hired, Joe. Okay? Trump would fire you if you had a job, but you're definitely not hired as far as I'm concerned. Uh, 
they're, you know, the Democrats are pretty insane. They actually have literally said, and look, I'm not making this up. You can look on Twitter. Okay. So that bottom feeder, Lisa Bloom, where she actually says she believes Tara Reid, but she has a, a long Twitter thread, but she has to vote for him for, uh, because he's not Trump. She actually says it and she lays out this long thing about how she believes her, but she, and she's sorry. So basically she's saying, yeah, I believe he raped you and I'm sorry, but I have to vote for, uh, him anyways. And this is really the worst, some of the worst stuff you can see, uh, on Twitter. This literally happened. I'm not making it up. Some women actually have said that even if Joe Biden raped them or their children, it happened. I'm telling you, I'm not making it up. They would still vote for him. This is, this is how insane it's got. I mean, can you imagine ever saying something like that? They will vote for him, even if they, even if that happened. Uh, congratulations, Democrats. You have really a heck of a voter, voter base there. I don't really know. Um, and just a little reminder from Sleepy Joe. He, when he said China was not a threat. Listen to this clip. China is going to eat our lunch. Come on, man. They can't even figure out how to deal with the, 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 the fact that they have this great division between the China Sea and the mountains in the east, I mean, in the west. They can't figure out how they're going to deal with the corruption that exists within the system. I mean, I, you know, they're not bad folks, folks, but guess what? They're not a they're, they're not they're competition for us. Tell that to the people all over the world that are dead and financially destroyed, Joe. Uh, just a reminder, you are on Brook Talks America with Brooke Says and Colonel Jim on AM860, The Answer. And as I mentioned before, we the show regularly runs on Saturdays at 7 p.m. on AM860, The Answer, but will be on Sunday as well at 11 a.m. on AM930, The Answer. So be sure to check it out. You can also go to the website. Con, uh, if you'd like to sponsor the show, you can check, uh, email me on brooktalksamerica at gmail.com. Go to the website, Brook Talks America. You have all the access, Twitter, Facebook, and everything. Uh, be sure to connect with me. Go on Facebook, like the page. Go on Twitter, like the page. Send me your questions. Send me your thoughts. You like the show, don't like the show, whatever. Just want to hear from you and connect with the audience. Um, we're going to be right back, and we're going to be talking with Colonel Jim on all things Flynn. More Broke Talks America coming up. It's up to you. to Brooke Talks America with Brooke Says. Check out the blog at AmericaOutloud.com. Here's Brooke Says. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, and I'm here with Colonel Jim, as I mentioned. Uh, we are regularly on Saturdays at 7 p.m. on AM860. The answer, as I mentioned, tomorrow, Sunday, will be 11 a.m. at AM 9.30, the answer. Uh, so unless you're living in a cave or under a rock, <laughs> you know that the Department of Justice has dropped the charges against General Flynn. Thankfully, finally, so much credit goes to that hero warrior for justice, his attorney, Sidney Powell, which hopefully will be be getting on the show soon. And everyone should definitely read her book, License to Lie. So the um, 
I'm going to let Jim take over here and talk about all of the information, but I want to play this very quick, quick clip. Uh, or I want everybody to remember what Jim Comey said. You don't have to play the clip because we don't we don't really have that much time. But remember what he said to Nicole Wallace about having sent them in. I played it on I think last week. Make sure you check that out. It's despicable. But. Um, so basically, he set Flynn up, basically. That's the premise of the clip. Uh, so, Jim, talk about that. Well, as we all saw in the news this week, um, the charges were dropped or recommended to be dropped by the Justice Department. We're still waiting for uh, federal court judge Emmett Sullivan, who will make the, uh, the final decision on dropping the case, and that will essentially end it. And I think he's in a position where... Uh, as you said, um, the, this was a setup. It was a clear, obvious, unadulterated setup. Uh, from the standpoint of Comey sent two FBI agents into the White House early on in the Trump administration to meet with National Security Advisor um, Mike Flynn and asked them questions, and then essentially uh, redid, rewrote, uh, fabricated uh, their evaluation forms, their 302 forms, which are basically the transcript of the questions they asked Flynn and the answer he gave, and then uh, went to the vice president and told the vice president after Flynn had talked to him, did you know uh, General Flynn lied to you? Here's the transcript of what he actually said, even though it was made up, and Flynn was forced to resign uh, in, on February 13th, 2017. So for three years, we get dragged through this whole uh, travesty of justice of, of Flynn and, and, and others through the Russia collusion investigation, through the Mueller investigation, through the impeachment process. And then it all comes out now uh, again, as, as you said, great investigative reporting or investigative uh, legal work by Sidney Powell and forces uh, Flynn's old law firm to turn over all their documentation uh, as well as the documentation that was in the Justice Department that reveals all this. And basically, uh, there's no case there. This was all made up. Everything we talked about has, has been made up. Um, so General Flynn is going to be in a position here uh, in the in the next several months or or so where uh, he will be exonerated and he will be a free person. And then I can guarantee you uh, the lawsuits will fly against his old law firm and perhaps even against those named. Now, the other big aspect of this that came out later this past week on Thursday and Friday was the battle with Adam Schiff, and who is the U U.S. House of Representative Intelligence Committee chairman. And we all know who Adam Schiff is, uh, various names for him, Pencil Neck, Shifty Schiff. Uh, many people have, have nicknames for him. He was holding on to... Uh, independent um, testimonies under oath by pretty much all of the senior level officials in the Obama administration that basically 
they gave their version of what actually went down, and he has been holding those. Uh, they were part of the Mueller investigation. They were they were redacted uh, so that nobody could see what was said. Um, but the uh, Office of National Intelligence also happened to have those, and those documents we saw on Thursday this past week, Richard Gunnell, who is the acting director of national intelligence, put out a statement and he said, if you don't release those documents officially, which you are required to do as the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, if you don't release them, I will. And so that put shifty shift up against the wall from the standpoint of now he had to release them and, and he released them. And, and of course, uh, late Thursday and Friday morning, we started to see all the names of all the people who worked for the Obama administration, who did interviews, testified under oath. And they all essentially said there was no collusion with Russia. We didn't see anything there. We weren't aware of any of that. So they basically lied because they were the ones in front of the media for the last three years talking about it, doing open testimony during the various hearings that this was indeed collusion by uh, Mike Flynn and the Trump administration or the Trump uh, campaign with, with the Russians. And, you know, we know the whole story on that. Now it's revealed that they, they were publicly lying, but privately under oath have testified that none, none of this happened. Um, I'd like to also say, be prepared this week. The next big shoe is coming down and starting to come out. There's a few articles out in the media about it, and you might want to look it up because I think this week is going to be the big issue of the January 5th, 2017 um, meeting in the Oval Office. This was a few weeks before uh, Trump took over as president before the inauguration on January 5th, 2017, there was a meeting in the Oval Office. Who was there? Joe Biden, um, Barack Obama, James Comey, John Brennan, um, James Clapper, and a number of other senior officials, Sally Yates. And they all talked about, this was what I call the strategic strategy meeting to set in place the Russia collusion story. This was all there, all talked about. And the minutes of those meetings are, are available and they're going to be put out there and they're going to talk about how it went all the way up to president Obama. And he was aware of it and he was, and the, you know, the strategies that they were using or going to use put into play to take down um, Mike Flynn and to do the rest of uh, the Russia collusion. All that was being discussed. And so the question now that is coming coming out is, so Obama knew it. You know, originally we had the question, you know, when did he know about it? Well, it's obviously he knew about it on January 5th, which means he obviously knew about it well before that, which the questions that have to be asked now are you back up to August 2016 when the FISA warrants or the FISA warrants were, were started to be used against the various members of the Trump uh, campaign. 
and were used against um, Mike Flynn when they uh, intercepted the phone call between him and the Russian ambassador, and they wanted to use that to try to get him on the Logan Act as as a violation, and none of which was was illegal. He is the designated uh, national security advisor by the president. Started work the day the president named him as national security advisor, and he was part of the transition team, which means he had to deal with all the foreign dignitaries who were who were now in transition to be dealing with the 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 you know the new Trump administration. That we're coming up. We're coming up be. short on time, Jim. I'm going to have to cut okay, you off so, there, and we'll we'll right. follow up next week with the latest information. Um, and I want everybody to make sure that they read the Jim Priestap handwritten notes where they basically said, what are, what are we going to do? Get him to lie or get him fired, right? Exactly. Read those notes and make exactly. sure you check on that. It's just absolutely disgusting. You, I didn't get to nearly everything I need to get to. So we will be next and you, next week and you will just have to stay tuned. You are on listening to Brook Talks America. I am your host, Brooke Says, on AM860, The Answer. And tomorrow will be on Sunday in Sarasota on AM930, The Answer, at 11 a.m. Make sure you connect with the website if you'd like to sponsor the show. BrookTalksAmerica.com. Email me, connect, however you, you know, whatever works for you. And thank you so much for listening. See you next week. You've been listening to Brooke Talks America with author, publisher, conservative advisor, and patriot. Brooke says, connect by email, brooktalksamerica at gmail.com, by Twitter, at Talks America. And listen next Saturday night for more Brooke Talks America on AM 860, The Answer.